What's going on, everyone? I am Kelly Cavalera. And I'm John Robinson, also known as Mr. Showcase. And welcome to another episode of Controversial Conversations. This one could get bad. I'm scared. I'm actually a little scared. So (laughs) this one we got... The, the, so the topic of today's show, and it's it's a broader topic, but it has some very intricate points. Is um, John was reading through uh, one of the Facebook groups. I think it was Line Dancers on Facebook. Yep. And um, the 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 topic is going to be: What information do you give out as instructors to your staff, your class? Sorry, I'm, I don't know why I said the word staff there. <laughs> to your class, and um, this stemmed from comments of saying, "Well." I don't even know the instru- the choreographer's name of the dance I'm teaching when you get asked and stuff right. like that. And yeah, if that's so the case. Just to, unless just to, the dance is 47 years old and <laughs> is the, it's listed as unknown. With the technology day, there is no reason. I'm going to end this right. one right there off the bat. No reason why <laughs> an instructor did not know who choreographed the dancer teaching. Yes. So this all stemmed from a post, and I'm, you know, being controversial conversations, I'm, I don't mind saying this right out. If you want to look it up, you can. But it was in line answers on Facebook, and somebody said something about should you mention the choreographer of the dance when you're teaching it, and several, many people said yes, but there were instructors who said no, instructors, teachers who said no, and some of the reasons to me were completely asinine. So one person said, oh, there's not enough time. It takes up too much time. I go, really? This dance is called blah, blah, blah. It was choreographed by blah, blah, blah. How long did that take me to say that? Two and a half seconds? How does it take up too much time to say the name of the choreographer? Part of it, and I know Kelly's got some great some great uh, comments about this from his point of view, but I'm, I'm, this is why I love doing these podcasts with you because we right. can present multiple points of view. But I'm thinking it doesn't take that much time, number one. Number two, it's a matter of respect. You want the person who created something to be recognized for it. Um, and somebody else said, oh, my students, are they don't even remember the name of the dance. Well, so then as a teacher, you get them to repeat it back to you. That's part of repetition is what helps things stick in people's brains. So when I say the name of, of a dance during the lesson later on, I'll say, what is this dance called? And a third of the group will say it back to me. Two-thirds won't even remember what I told them at the beginning. But I repeat it. I have them repeat it back. So part of it is how you present the information to your class, which we're going to talk about. Um, And then there's the third aspect of it where I think, okay, line dancing is a form of it. Because people are like, oh, it should just be fun. You shouldn't have to stress out about this information. And I think, well, it's a form of entertainment, right? So is music or sports. Do you know who your favorite sports person is on that that team that you love to watch? Do you know what their name is? Of course you do. Uh, if you have a favorite song, do you know who sings it? Well, I would hope so because how else we look it up if you want to play it later. So somebody somebody brought up a good point. Several people brought up, brought up a good point. I'm sorry, I'm really going off on this, but several people brought up a good point where they said, "So what if your students go somewhere else and they don't know? Let's say Shivers." They're like, oh, I want to do the dance to Shivers. But well, which one do you do by which choreographer? Kind of important to know if you're dancing somewhere and they they know, you know, there's they look it up on their phone or on their their laptop and there's right. 28 different choreographers to that to that song. So, okay, bunch of bunch of points there, bunch of points, and I'm gonna give you a little tidbit on that last one. I got tons of aspects. You're going off the theory that the DJ actually knows what a choreographer is. <laughs> I, I'm I, I hate to break this to you. They ninety nine percent. If you're in a club bar atmosphere, they're not going to know. Mm. They're not going to know what the teacher is because it, it's just not going to happen. They're going to see a song. Someone's going to write down the song. Right. I guess that's going to get played. They could care less what dance you're doing. Why? Because their job as a DJ is to keep, keep the, the floor, floor full. full. Yep. They could care less if five dances are being done. Right. If five groups of people are spread out, guess what? Their floor is packed. Yep. They did their job. Yeah. So let's. I'm, I'm going to throw that one almost out because. We've said this before in this podcast. Uh, we're very privileged here, Barn and Sanford. We have multiple DJs. We do. The difference is, though, unless you're the instructor, and uh, that's a, that's not even thing. The instructor DJs their own class. The DJ doesn't DJ for the class. So, point. guess what? They don't know what you taught unless you hand it to them. Mm. And then, then you're just telling them their music. You're emailing yeah. them the music. So then it comes to – this will be good. We might be on this for a couple hours. But, but, but this is good because, Kelly, when I taught at the bar – I started at a bar. I always forget, you know, people might be hearing this for the first time, so i got to give you a little background. I started teaching at a club called the Grizzly Rose Saloon in Green Bay, Wisconsin. 
we had an excellent rapport with our DJ. Okay, and we ended up with a couple DJs after a time. Um, but our DJ, number one, was a radio just jockey. He right. came from radio. And what we did for him was, and I've suggested this before, you guys can figure it out at your own club if you teach at a bar. It's up to you if you want to make it, make it work smoothly or not. I've said this before. When I go teach at a club, my first one of my first goals is to meet the DJ and make friends with the DJ. Okay. Because the DJ is going to... You know, your shit, I may teach a workshop during the day. There's no guarantee. That or, DJ's there all day. Well, also, but if they are at night, you know, there's no guarantee that they're going to play the song. So I want to build a rapport. Okay. I want to build a rapport with that person so that I go, hey, can you play that song I taught during the day? And they'll say, sure. But my point is there needs to be communication there, right? So what we did back then was we actually made sure our DJ had a list of what we taught and what the songs were. Cool. Um. This goes a little bit off the whole choreographer bit, but it has a lot to do with being an instructor and and how you present material to not just your class, but also where you work. But So we made that very clear. Um, and I feel like having traveled to different, different clubs and different bars across this country, all over the place, my honest evaluation is that for some bizarre reason, which I do not comprehend, that communication is not always there between the instructor and the DJ. So let's say you do have a different DJ. Let's say you like what you said, the the person teaching, and this is a noise case though. Um, let's say the instructor actually does DJ their own class. Sometimes that's true. Sometimes it's not. The, then you should make sure the DJ knows who's coming on for the nighttime party that, or the nighttime social dancing. This is what I taught. This is the music. This is the artist. Just so they know whether the player or not, it's up to them. That's the DJ's job. But at least they have that communication. Right. But none of that, and this goes back to that, none of that info was the name of the choreographer of the dance. I know. And, <laughs> but that, and that's my point. <laughs> right. The first but, thing you're going to do, and this is the thing, and this is the first thing you're going to do. If you're coming in as a guest instructor, one, whoever is the, the lead instructor at that bar, whether it be wherever you're at, should be ahead of time telling the CJ, hey, we got this guy coming in to teach tonight. That'd these are dances – well, these are dances that he has written that I have taught here or get done here at this bar. That way they can get mixed in. But nowhere – nowhere when I'm teaching, I'm, I'm even regardless of where I'm at, giving the DJ the choreographer's name, because guess what? They're never going to remember it. Right. They're right. going to not know. If I come up to ask for a dance and say, hey, can you play this to this song? Yeah. And they're going, they're not going to know what dance that right. then the other instructors – Yes. Yeah, their instructor taught. And that's a valid point because the D it's not necessarily for the DJ's information, but it's for your your class, the students' information. Because part of it, and I know we're gonna go back and forth about this, which is what I what I look forward to, but um part of it is so and and this was a comment made. Well, they, they can barely remember the steps. How do you expect them to remember like what the what the song is called or what the what the choreographer who who the hell cares what the choreographer's uh, name is? But my point, I guess, is that it's a matter of it doesn't take you that long to say it, right? And it at least acknowledges somebody created that choreography, right? Correct. So it's it's a it's a it's a little bit of a respect, and we talk about respect a lot in this industry and how there's a lack of it here and there. But it's just a nod of respect to somebody had to make this for you. So here's who it is. Whether they remembered or not is beyond the point. The the point is that you at least take the, the two seconds to say who it is. Also, it can come in handy later on. Let's say, and we've seen this at dance conventions, right? You well, as a DJ have seen mm -hmm. this yourself. Somebody comes up and says, "Oh, I want to do." shivers you're like well which one do you do because it's important to be able to split the floor right if there's more than one dance to it right so and knowing the choreographer does help dance conventions and bars are a different beast correct you, you, i can wholly understand and, and this is just me at a dance convention yes if you go up to if you go up to request a song or a dance one nine times out of ten at a dance convention you're not giving the song name you're giving the name of the dance that you know it that way, the least the DJ can look up what the name of that dance is. They can figure it out. Or, and he, most of the time, and I use the word most, the DJs at conventions know what dances are getting floor split and what dances aren't. They know the most of the ones that are done. They don't know if you and only you at your local bar does, mm, and you right. and your six people do this dance. Because guess what? That's not what he DJs and what he sees week in and week out when he's at or she at a, at a convention. Back to the bar thing. 
I wouldn't at the least the beginning of the lesson. And here's why. Nine times out of ten, and I know a place to do this, I wouldn't even tell them what they're learning. <laughs> and, and, and here's why. Because guess what? The first thing they're going to do is we're going to wonder, okay, can we hear the song? Well, no, because then it takes time out of your lesson. Right. Late to the end. And if they automatically don't like the song, guess what? They might sit down. If they don't like the name of the choreographer, this is a big thing, I think. If they don't like the name of the choreographer, they're like, ah, they're going to walk off the floor. But do you think that's the case at a bar? Yes, I do. Really? Depending, well, because here's why. Depending on the choreographer, that choreographer has been in the bar. And like you said, if these people know their choreographers, which in Florida we do, <laughs> this is the thing. We're the anomaly state. I'll say it. Dancers that go to these dance classes, a lot of them do know who who's who. They do. Because they, again, we go to workshops. Yeah, we go to conventions. Right. We have a plethora. Yeah. We have a plethora of local instructors and yeah. choreographers. Keyword they're being. They consider the word local choreographer, and they're like, ah, we don't want to learn that. We want to learn the, a different one to this by a bigger name. Hmm. And I've seen it done. I have seen it happen. They're like, well, why are you teaching that? Eh. I've seen it in our own bar. Where Trevor taught a dance by one choreographer. Week later, Lynn taught a dance by a different choreographer. Same, Same song, reason. mind you. Then Janice taught communication. That's that's yeah. my point. So yeah, yeah, yeah. in your own bar, you end up with a three-way floor split. Right. It isn't good. Right. But someone taught me this back in the day, especially if you're – and this is a big thing with one-room one events, um, bars, stuff like that. Everyone's there. It's the only option. Just get up and start teaching. At the end, even midway through the dance, then start talking about it. Use it as a segue. Why? Because the goal is to get everyone up and dancing. Yes. Period. End of discussion. In, in a bar. Yep. The bar, or like if you're at a work one day workshop where it's only one room. Yep. I see that point. Don't. There's no sense of having demos. There's yeah. no sense of demonstrating the dance. There's no playing playing five minutes, fifty seconds of the music. Right. Guess what? Let them get up and dance. Yep. And I've done that myself. I'm glad that you actually said that because at a recent workshop I did in Myrtle Beach, I think it was, if I remember right, um, I started teaching something and I didn't even say what it was called or who wrote it. So um, I do see your point. It makes total sense to me. Um, but I, I guess I feel like it just frustrates me. And it's not even just the 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 um, name of the choreographer. Mm -hmm. It's just there was more to it than that, right? There's more right. to the post. That's a part of it. But I think the bigger issue is a matter of instructors not knowing what the hell they're doing. Let's just put – let's just – I'll give them that. Right but, but hold on. Depending on where you're at, you might need to change it. I'll use this as an right. example. Yep. So Barn and Sanford, multiple instructors, on none of the posts that gets posted about lessons – on the Barnes Facebook page or website says the name of the dances. Only one, every instructor has their own email list, and that's a whole different thing. Get on your email list because they consider them their dancers. I don't understand that. <laughs> they should just be one thing for every class because guess what? The point is it's not a dance studio. It's a bar. Right. But the Janice will tell you when she sends out her weekly email, she tells you what she's teaching both nights she's there. No other instructor does that. And the reason being is if they have to change on the spot, they have to be flexible. They have to be flexible. Yep. But my question, and this coming back to it, this being saying, if you tell them what you're teaching, maybe they won't show up to your class that night because they already know the dance. Oh, good point. Yeah. And that's and that's another thing. And that's another thing. If you want them up there, make them figure out what the dance is. So say you and I'll use the example. Let's say Lonely Drum, and you've taught Lonely Drum is obviously a very well known dance thing. But if you're going to teach Lonely Drum, and you get up and say, okay, let's go. Next class, guys, get on up. Or I'm going to teach you this new fun dance. And I, I don't know if I'd use the word new, but you could because it could be new to someone in there. And you just start teaching. You know, we're going to start on weight on the left foot, whatever it is, right foot, whatever. And you start teaching. Let's find out how many people actually know Lonely Drum. <laughs> Why? Because eight counts in, they should figure out what they're doing. If they don't, they just keep learning it. Great. You have more people on the floor because if your boss, a.k.a. the bar manager – walks out and sees a full floor, guess what? Yeah. Boom. That's a good thing all the way around. Right. <laughs> right. But don't you – I mean I understand everything you're saying, right? Um, and I'm not disagreeing with it. I guess my issue is instructors, and it's usually local instructors, who 
just can't be bothered, right? To me, that is a flaw in your skill set as an instructor. Whether you share the information or not, you should have that information. You should already know it. So if like for the person who said, oh, I don't even know who the, who the choreographer is. Well, why wouldn't you know the choreographer? Didn't you have to look up the sheet? Didn't you have to read it? Didn't you have to check that information out to find the right dance step, the right, the right uh, description? Well, that I'm going to throw on to because what happens if it hasn't had a step sheet written to yet? Because if True. you look at it, the way dances are produced right now, most people will post a video and you won't see a step sheet for months. Right. So they're learning it from a video, and it could be a video of you doing it. It could be a video thing. It just it just so happened. Right. That's another thing, though. We're going to go off on a lot of tangents on this one, I think. But that's another thing is like if you're learning – if you have a brand new dance and there is no step sheet, this is just my opinion. Why are you teaching it already? I mean unless you learned it directly from the choreographer and you know exactly how it goes. Because the pro one of the problems is you have – and I'm just – I'll just go right – I'm going to say this. Okay, two aspects to this. Number one, you have no offense. Well, I don't care if I offend people or not. It's controversial conversations. <laughs> I always say that. But you have groups who will post videos of new dances immediately, yep. right? Because they want to be the first to have a video out there. Of course. It does not mean that video is correct. It doesn't mean they're doing the dance correctly. It could be a step is incorrect. It could be the way the, the actual instructor wants you to do a particular pattern isn't, isn't executed properly. I've had this happen to me with a dance of mine that was really popular, and I had to message a couple people and say, can you please take the video down because you're not doing this pattern correctly. So anyway, that's part of it. But the other part of it is when your students learn it, right, and I know lots of people don't do this because step sheets are horribly written, but... That's their guideline later when they go, hopefully later, if they want to review it, they should have that little guideline to, to follow. So if there's only a video to follow. But then why are you teaching it? That's my point. No, but why are you, why oh, did you, why did the, the choreographer, no, why did the choreographer teach it to someone? Right, then? that's what I mean. That's, but. Right. Obviously, what? they've learned no. it from somewhere. Yes. I'm going to go with they learned gotcha. it from the choreographer gotcha, gotcha. at a class or somewhere. Right. At a convention or somewhere. But you and I both know that human memory isn't always exactly accurate i absolutely i absolutely understand that but okay i'll use this as a case in point because this happens everyone usually takes out their phone and videos at a workshop uh, yeah. it happens yeah 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 but what happens if the choreographer then changes it right so you then have could have been the first teach or they... the second or the third and after the third they were like oh i want to change this eight count but then you just taught it for three weeks in a row to right say right. a thousand people and then they finally put the sheet out with the corrected that you step. just taught a thousand people wrong yep True. How fair is that to those thousand people who learned it, right? That have been teaching it for you to promote your dance, right? You know, I, I, think... I, I disagree, and I'm going to disagree on this. And I know my friend Big Jim will will think, is it a dance unless you have a step sheet? I'm going to say yes because you created it, and if you put it up somewhere for it to think, it's still a yeah. dance. I'm not saying that I don't it think isn't. we're not. This is 19. This isn't 1987 yeah, yeah, yeah. anymore. Right. Step sheets are more readily available, and this is this was an argument during COVID thing. That people say now want a video and a step sheet in order to make it a dance. I disagree with this. If someone writes a dance and they put up any form, whether it be a step sheet or a video, it's a dance. It's their right. creation. Right. Deal with it. Right. And but that's not right yeah, for yeah. it not to be considered that. Correct. And you're, I'm not disagreeing with you on that at all. I, that makes sense to me. I'm just saying that if you teach, and 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 this is this is it goes both ways because you have. Like I see events now where – and several of the people on that post said the same thing. Like they'll just have a sheet there so people can take a picture. They can take their phone and take a, a screenshot of it, right, which I think is a great idea. It's the modern age. I don't think we need printed step sheets all the time either. Uh, However, it's a it is a reference, right? So – and if you don't have – there's – okay, let's put it this way. There's a lot of times when I go to teach someone else's dance and I watch the video and there's parts that don't make sense to me. And I'm like, uh, agreed. Uh, like, what are you doing there? And we see this even in comps where people do a step and you're like, was that a quarter turning coaster cross or was that a quarter turning sailor? Like, what are you? What exactly are you doing there with your feet? Right. Um, so that's where the step sheet does come in handy because usually, not always, but usually that tells you exactly what they wanted you to do at that point. Um, so there's there's two sides to that coin right there. But it's a, it's a I don't disagree with you that. You know, a step sheet isn't required. I guess I'm but, just saying, if there is one, it makes it a little bit easier to share the the correct information. But if, you're going again off if the, the step sheet is written properly. But I say, yeah, you're going off the <laughs> assumption that the step sheet's written the right way. Right. And no so, offense, that that's 
Yeah, that's few a, and far between these days. Yeah, that's a whole other aspect to this is step sheets. And trust me, I know because when I teach other people's choreography, I fix their step sheets all the time, and I'm so tired but, of it. And then here's my other thing, though. It, it, we're talking about instructors giving information, right? Why is this instructor teaching a dance if they don't know it? Correct. If they have to hold a step sheet, yeah. why? That's never happened. Uh, that's. A, I'm sorry. That's one of my biggest pet peeves. <laughs> biggest pet peeves. If you, uh, if the dancers are, and this is what bugs me, unless you're the person who wrote the dance, if a dance is released and you're learning the dance the day of, that you're teaching it, shame on you. It's called being prepared. <laughs> it, it, unless it, you <laughs> unless, know, yeah. it, shame on you. Shame on that, you. Beginner honestly, dances, I'll, 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 I'll throw that. But if you're trying to teach a 64-count intermediate dance with tags and restarts written by Fred and Shane, and you're trying to learn it two hours before, and you're trying to learn it, you're, you are learning it two hours before that to teach it to a class at night, shame on you. Be prepared. I've it seen, drives me nuts. Yeah, I've seen that happen. I hosted an event where one of the instructors was teaching with the sheet in it. their hand. I saw I've it. also been to a local workshop here in Florida where somebody was teaching an ABC thing yeah. and couldn't do it in a local little workshop situation um, and had the sheet in their hand. Because so, there's ways around that. Trevor did this. Trevor does this great thing when he's at the barn and when he was doing the intermediate advanced classes and he would have something with a very weird sequence. He'd either get poster board or, or cut out and he would post it along the back wall or around the bar mm. and the order. So if it was a phrase dance, he would literally have thing and tell you what the order and have it hanging up. That way, someone they had a reference. Cool. That's it's, it's stuff like that. You mean he thought ahead and he was prepared? What a concept. Well, yeah, <laughs> but it's like, it's a great way and to to remind people of the order. You know, dances these days, especially these more harder dances, have crazy different layouts like this. Yep. And it's right there. A B A minus. Now, granted, do I 100% agree that? Some of those dancers should be getting taught in a bar atmosphere. No, right. I will. I will give you that. An event atmosphere, sure. That's that's different. Again, this is how much information you give, depending on the situation. So I'm going to riff off of that for a little for a little bit. Um, so part of this situation is a matter of the comments where people don't remember. They don't remember the name of the. The dance. Um, they don't remember the name of the. Why would you tell them the name of the choreographer? Because they don't even remember the name of the dance. They don't remember the steps. A lot of that, to me, it's it's twofold. Part of that falls upon the instructor. It's a matter of how you present the material. I do, you know, I've studied for years how to be a better teacher, and I'm always, I'm still learning now, right? And I do get a lot. The probably the some of the best compliments I get are from teachers, t school teachers, who say to me. I love how you present the material because you present it in different modes. Different people can learn from it, and it's easy to follow. I've heard that from so many people over the years. Like you, it's so easy to follow. I actually learned it from you. You made it easy to understand and easy to remember. So my point here is learning how to be – learning what to do to present the material in a way that they will remember it. You can't guarantee it. You can't force the people to remember stuff. But the way you re you present it and the way you um, present it repetitively in different formats will help people to remember it. That's my point. So whether it's the patterns, whether it's the name of the dance, the music, the choreography, whatever the hell it is, one of the tricks that I use is I say the name of the dance and who choreographed it. And then later in the lesson, I'll say, now what is this dance called? Like just out of the blue, in the middle of anywhere. Don't warn them. And say, and who wrote it? Most people about... I would say between a third and a half can kind of tell you what it's called because especially if we're at a convention, they already know. They, they came into the workshop knowing it, right? right? But I'm talking about even at a bar. I do this everywhere, at senior centers, at local AMVET places, American League, whatever the hell it is. Um, uh, at a bar, I'll do the exact same thing. In the middle of the lesson, I'll say, what's this dance called? And it's just to get them to remember, right? And you do it th several times. During my, my own uh, teaches of, let's say, uh, Dancing in the Country, the dance is actually called Levi's and Low Beams, which is one of the lines in the chorus, right? Mm -hmm. So when we get to that part, I'll literally, while I'm talking over the music, I'll say walk, walk, triple step, Levi's in Low Beam. I'll say it along with the person singing it. So subconsciously, it's getting ingrained into their head. Right. My point is there's ways of presenting the information that will help, supposedly, help to ingrain it into the students' minds. And I guess what I feel is that 
you know, I think many local instructors, honestly, to be truthful, haven't learned those techniques. They don't know how to present the material, so it will stick in the in the customer in the, the the students' minds, right? And it takes it's a matter of learning how to do it. Learn how to be a better teacher. Learn the and they're little tricks. They don't take but a second to do, right? You ask the people to repeat it back to you. You yourself say it over and over during the class, whether it's the choreographer's name or not, right? This all started from saying the choreographer's name, but it's, it goes above and beyond that. Um, it's a matter of taking the initiative to learn how to do that and do it effectively. So, playing devil's advocate here, because you play devil's advocate. I, I know. <laughs> Why, though? Back to saying the choreographer's name. I get it, the recognition part, but if the dancer's never going to use it, especially, in a, I'm a, and I'm mainly talking in a bar atmosphere, right? if the dancer's never going to use it, the DJ's never going to know it, because they're going to go up and ask for the song or the name of the dance, because that's the two information. Right. I don't, I don't see a point of why. I get the whole recognition, guys. I get it. I'm a choreographer. The recognition's great. So you'd rather I taught your dance and never said that you wrote it? Here's that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. No, I'm curious. That that's not what I'm saying. That that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is if it's never gonna get used, because DJs and clubs don't use names of choreographers. Right. They could care two craps less yeah, yeah, yeah. on who so, wrote the dance that the instructor yes, teaches. Yes, and I hear what you're saying. So what I'm going to say is, so there's no point in telling them how many walls or counts it is because they're no, never, they're never going to use that either. No, they're not because they're not actually. <laughs> they're not. I why perfect example. Ninety percent, I would have to say, ninety percent could care less how many counts the dances. They don't. They they're never going to say it again because they're never going to use it as a reference. They're just going to teach the dance to a friend or the friend walk the friend. And they go and all they're going to say is now start again or restart the dance. Right. They're never going to use it. it phrase dances maybe, but most of the time it, in this, what we're, t we're referring to in bars, they're never going to they're You're never going to see a phrase dance, but it's, it's that atmosphere. They're never going to go how many walls it is, because guess what? You're going to figure that out after the first two. Right. You're going to figure <laughs> out that you're either going to you're either going to turn to the right or left or you're going to turn around and you're going to be facing the next yeah. wall. By and then you're going to figure people are going to figure out, "Oh, I'm not going to these sides, sides if it's yeah. a two-wall dance." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or if I'm now on one of the sides, "Oh, good, we're going to go around." Yeah. So no, I don't I I don't see a Yes, as an instructor and a choreographer at conventions, yes, I see the point of it cuz people want to know that. Why? I have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> to be to be fair, the counts I can understand because some people refuse to learn count dances of certain count lengths. Because if you turn around and say, say we have a phrase dance and it's, and I'll use Mississippi Countdown. We tell people it says on the sheet it's a ninety six count dance. It's really three dances, three thirty two count dances that we do in an order, and two of the thirty two counts just repeat itself. Yeah, they're the same back to back, so it's really learning. A fifty, sixty, something, whatever count dance that's really called ninety six. Right. But it's that point. They're never going. There's so much information. They're not going to. They're not going to ever need again because they're. You're not going to go. I'm not going to have as a as a dancer from the barn. I'm not going to go to say, let's say California and walk in and DJ. Hey, can I get this forty? <laughs> 48 count seven wall dance by this person to play please that's right. never gonna happen right. you're gonna walk up and say hey oh can i get that shivers dance please guess what they're gonna know what you're talking about yeah well and I, that's the point yes i see your point and i'm gonna also say this there are so many times when people come up to me and go do you know the dance that has the two shuffles in the turning jazz box and i'm like do you know how many billions of dances have that and, in it? But that's not going to change. If I turn around and say, hey, can I have the John Robinson dance that has kicking points in it? But it How many help. dances of yours? That, no, it's not. It might how help. many dances of yours have kicking points, John? Not that many. Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> but but at least it would narrow it down. Or, or can I have that Scott Levin's dance that goes at the diagonal? Yeah, yeah. Come on. <laughs> None of Scott's but, dances go to diagonals. What are you talking about? But but that's my point. That's not right, going to change the right, fact the DJ is right. not going to be able to tell you what dance it is by those yes, words. Gotcha. And you know you're <laughs> well. And in a bar atmosphere, it sort of kind of makes sense. However, I'm going to back up and say, when I taught at the Grizzly Rose, which is where I started, and I taught there for several years, the teachers who, I guess, if you want to call them my mentors, because that's where I started learning from, they always told you the name of the dance, the name of the choreographer. How many counts? How many walls? Always. And it took 
15 seconds. It didn't take up a, a long time. You know, it wasn't like 12 minutes of expounding upon, well, this person is from Italy and blah, blah. Right? Right. But at least it gave you something to, to work off of. And maybe it's just me, but there are other people like me as well. So in my experience of teaching, I've encountered people who are mathematical. That's how they learn. So they want to know the counts. They want to know the walls. And they actually want to know if we're going to a diagonal. If it's 130, there are people like that. And that's how they learn. Well, in the middle it's of not t- a majority, but, but there are people who want to know that information. Telling someone you're going to the diagonal in the middle of teaching, that's teaching the dance. That's, that makes sense. Right. But what I'm saying, Kelly, is that People like to know. Some people like to know that ahead of time, right? It's kind of like so. And this just happened this weekend. I had people in my class. I don't remember which one. Um, and even though I mix a blend of calling the step patterns and the counts, mm-hmm. they were like, "Can you just count it all the way through?" That's the way their brain works, right? Oh, absolutely. So, I'm I'm one of those. I yeah. like I'm I'm a numbers guy. I like to know the counts, but I also am was trained to learn how each dance is counted, like two step waltz, nightclub, right. stuff right. like that. So, yes, that works for me. Don't use the words one and don't use the sly, quick, or whatever. Because, yes, I understand those, but I, the way I hear music, I, I'm i a numbers guy. I, I get right. it. Yeah. I 100% understand it. Yeah, and I'm a person who I have to do it to the song. Like, it literally makes no sense to me until you put the song on it. And I understand, oh, that's why that is structured that way. That's why there's an and count there because the music has, right, whatever. But I guess my point is that, you know, the information shared, what what bothers me is that you have instructors who are like dead set against it because I feel like it's not hurting anything by sharing that information. No. And actually, it's, you know, and I'm not, I totally see your points. They're valid points. I totally get it. I'm not arguing against it. But what I'm saying is it doesn't hurt you to share the information. So the, the and especially coming from instructors, when you see, it goes both ways though because you have some dancers who are like, and this is a whole other topic. We're like, it's just supposed to be fun. I don't want to have to stress over the information. And they're not. that's not about the choreographer or any of that. It's more like... But the sad thing is the people who are saying that part are the experienced dancers that already know all the information. That's mm. the problem. Mm. And I, I, So I think on that aspect, and what I've noticed that people who say that are the ones that already know the information. They have copper knob on their phone. They can look it up in a matter of moments. And I think that's why. I wonder... Honestly, I wonder if... You know, because we're at a point where I'm going to try to put this into words. So um, everything's online. Yeah. Right. We have the Internet at our fingertips. Right. Just by and but this again, there's two sides to this, because me, if I learn a dance, I'm going to go home and I want to look it up and be able to review it myself later. So I'm going to have to know who wrote it so I can find the right sheet. Right. Whether it's at a bar or like I, sometimes I go to a club and they're doing this really cool dance. I go, what's that called? And they're like, oh, church clap. And I look it up. Now, that's not a good example because there's not five billion church claps. But I'm just saying, let's right. say it was shivers. And I go and I go like, oh, this is called blah, blah. And I look it up and there's like 50 dances to that song. I'm like, well, which one were they doing? Right. So that's helpful information for me to know to practice on my own. Well, but having said that, I think. On the flip side of that, there's so many people who just can't be bothered. They learn something, well, they come back next week, they don't even remember what it's called or war. Well, and that's my point. But the thing <laughs> is, so Trevor does it really well, and you know, he has he started an email list. He 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 reiterates in his classes, "Hey, get on my email list." Every week after his classes, after Thursday and Saturday, the like Tuesday, I think is his goal is by that Tuesday, he sends out an email to everyone, letting them know what he taught with links to the step sheets. So it gives them the information. So they have it on their phone. So you don't have to worry about which dance did he teach. You can go right into that email right. and like boom. The other thing that I know Trevor uses and I use one too, we have what's called a popple. It's pretty much a digital, digital business card. We wear, we have the oh, bracelets. Yeah. Okay, So someone can walk up, touch the phone, automatically have mine, Trevor's, whatever information, whoever's wearing it. You can put whatever on there. You can have the dances you taught that night, you can have your email, whatever, mm. your Facebook, whatever that's posted How to. How do we get one of those? Yeah, it's popple.com. <laughs> you can get it or call, uh, contact Trevor. I know he is an ambassador for him. And uh, he'll Are get we, up. But that's very quick. You're, you're not getting a um, I don't get a cut off it. No, I bought it. <laughs> um, Trevor does, I know, get a discount if you buy it through his link or yeah. whatever. So, But I'm that, it's, it's technology. Yeah. We have technology, kids. That because that's what I'm talking about. He at least is still communicating the information in a different way to his, Correct. To his students. And I'll almost bet money those people who are saying I can't be bothered are actually communicating it 
they're just not communicating it with the way that they're being asked about. Mm. I'll almost bet money because if you look at every class, every unless you walk into a tourist trap, every bar has information on what's being taught, whether it's on their website, on the, the instructor has a website, um, instructor has social media, the bar has a Facebook page they're posting about it. We, we live in 2022, almost 2023. It, it, technology is king. It, 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 it is. If you are uh, some kind of technology or some kind of social media, it ain't going to matter. So I will almost bet money the information is getting shared to the people, just not in the way that they're being asked about it. Because, again, unless that DJ, if you're in a, especially this is for, especially in a bar atmosphere, that DJ is not going to care. Those people aren't going to care. They just want to hear the music. It's 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 just that right, simple. Right. Now, granted, when they go home, if they want to turn around and learn it, then yeah, they can have it at their fingertips thing. But I get it takes seconds. I get it saying it, but reiterating it and making sure you they they remember it. They're not going to remember it. There's dances you've been around this industry for how many years, and there's dances you don't remember choreographers to. And I guarantee you, you do the same thing. You drilled in, drilled in, drilled in your head, and it yeah. just it happens. Right. But there's a difference between remembering something you know 12 years down the line and week to week so one of the things that i noticed and i just mentioned this um i forget if it was when i did my musicality class or whatever lesson it might have been the five tips for easier learning class um but one of the things i said i think it was the five tips for easier, yes it was because one of the tips is practice right so i said um do you all practice like those of you who go to class let's say every tuesday you learn a dance or two Sometimes it's two, sometimes it's three. Depends on where you're going. Um, do you practice when you get home? Ninety-eight percent of the people raised their hand, saying no, they don't. No. I said, so why are you surprised when you come back next week that you can't remember it? Right. So part of it is practicing, and you know, I get it. I totally get. It. Line dancing should be fun. Everybody goes. Line dancing should be should be fun. Why? So here's my here's here's my philosophy. It is more fun to me if I come back next week and I look. Like I know what the hell I'm doing versus coming back next week and stumbling around like a bumbling idiot because I don't remember anything about this dance that I learned last week. Well, that brings up a whole nother point. That brings <laughs> up a whole nother a avenue of this is repeating lessons or actually keep playing the music mm. you're teaching because that happens. I know some instructors that do it and some instructors that don't. They'll teach a dance two, three weeks in a row to make sure you get it. Yep. That works in a class. And think sometimes that's hard in a bar. Right. And that, and I will give it credit to the people because you know what they come back, and it's sometimes hard hard in a bar because you might have a whole new group of people that are brand spanking new, and he had the instructor has to go, yeah, bare bones beginner like like the yep. basicest of basic dances, yep, totally, get and they that. not get to teach that dance that they just taught last week, right? Because that if you're especially if you're teaching the beginner class, like again the barn two they have. Excuse me. They have a beginner class in the back room every night. Then they have a more improver, intermediate, advanced out, out in the main room. So there's a good chance those beginners aren't going to be the same week in and week out. Because right. guess what? Right. They're eventually they're going to graduate. And if this is another big thing, if you're not graduating and you're not, if you're not pushing your people to learn more and not just learn the same five dances every week, you're doing them an injustice. And Don't this get is, me started on that whole. Path. So, but, but that's my point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because that's another thing. I, th I, and it's not, it's not across the board, but it's something I've encountered on the road over the past thirty years. I've been doing this. Is I'll go to a local place, and the instructor. Oh, and this happened. This, you know what, Kelly? This is why I started doing what I do, what I do is because the teachers where I taught taught the same things over and 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 over endlessly, um, and every now and then they throw in a new one. Well. But we were the same, you know, you had the new people, so that's great for them. But the people coming every week, it's like, give us something more exciting. Like, give us a new, like, something cool and fun that's different than these same little baby dances you've been teaching forever. Um, but I've encountered that in, in my travels where, whether it's at a bar or a local class, whatever. They're like, don't teach anything like this because they can't do it. To which I always reply, they can't do it or you're not willing to push them to do it that's part of part of being an instructor and this is you know i'm going to say that i will stand on a soapbox and preach this forever part of being an instructor is exactly what you said getting your people to grow mm -hmm. that's part of being a teacher right but 
you don't want them to be stagnant and never go anywhere with it. Otherwise, you're not really teaching them anything. But devil's advocate again, what happens now if the bar doesn't let you? Because, yeah, you might want to change. Dang, but now the bar says, no, we don't want that in here. Well, and that happened to me. So I'm glad you brought that up. So back in the 90s, um, what? which one was it? I think Scott Blevins had a dance to – what was that song by the – Quad City DJs. Oh my God, that song. Yes, ride it. Come on, ride the train. Ride the train. Yes, yep. and it was super easy. So it was a bar. It was definitely a bar. Like people in a bar could do it. That's right. my point. But the our music. Ba- yes, our bar is like you can't play that here. It's not country. And I said it is massively popular right now. It is a super fun song. The floor will be packed, which it was every weekend once they let me teach it. But they argued against it. Now. This can go both ways because I understand it's a country bar. They want to play country music. I totally get it. But I'm like, it's one song. And I said, here, let me point out because our bar manager said we don't play non-country music here. I said, oh, really? Let's talk about Wild Wild West, which always filled the floor. Mm-hmm. It was – what was the partner dance you do to that uh, where you go out and in? Oh, Shoot. the barn dance. Yes, the barn dance. Thank yeah. you. It was – every we had two circles. It was so popular, right? And I said – uh, first example that pops in my head, Wild Wild West. He's like, well, that's a country song. I said, it is not. I said, who sings it? Will Smith is not a country artist. No, wrong, it's Dan, from, wrong, wrong. It's, a, it's, a, it's by a different group. Oh, no, Will, sorry. Yeah, yeah. It's um, by a different other group, one. that right. one. Will yeah. Smith and, and – uh, They did um, – yeah. Cisco the did other one. the right. Wild Wild West from yes, the movie, right. which, but it again, was, um, that's not club. a country song the either. The Escape Club did the Wild Wild West, right. But yeah. either way, the other Wild Wild West is still not a country one, song, right. and that gets played. Yes, and we did that one as well. Exactly. That was, that's why I'm mixing them up. But anyway, right. I said, this packs the floor every week. And then at that time, for those of you that were alive back then, we had this weird thing called the Macarena, which – Suicide Blonde. <laughs> well, we didn't do Suicide Blonde at our bar. Because wasn't there. that the Pesh Motor? The Suicide Blonde of- is in excess. That yeah. thank you, yep. but again, yep. not a country, but not right. a country song. But pack the floor everywhere, yep. right? So part of it is knowing, you know, being open to. And I get it; it's a country bar. You want to keep it country. We had maybe four or five songs we did that were non-country. But the point wasn't trying to push non-country. The point was trying to bring something in that the crowd loved, and they loved it. Every time those songs got played, they tore out to the floor and just the floor was packed. So, of course, the bar owner was happy because you got a full floor and people are happy. And when they're happy, they buy more drinks, right? It translated. But that was my point is knowing – I don't even know how we got on that topic. But <laughs> we're about, we're, We were talking about whether or not the bar would let you Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So part of we that We have is, that issue yes. at one of the bars here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Part of it is knowing is the floor going to be full. Like Shivers isn't a country song. Ed Sheeran's not country. Right. So but it fills the floor everywhere. So it's a matter of knowing, like, what what will the crowd eat up? What what do they want to do and enjoy? So we we have a bar here in Orlando, Cowboys Orlando, that they have a list of songs that are not allowed to be played. Most of them are not country. But for some reason, Trevor, like Trevor's version um, out like that, the Reba version of that, that that version can't be played, even though it's Reba McIntyre. It's just a remix. What's even funnier um, is so during COVID, when they reopened and the songs get, came out, he was allowed to teach Old Town Road there. He would end up subbing at Cowboys Lando. He was allowed to teach Old Town Road, which is Nas X and Billy Ray Cyrus. For those out there who are young enough who don't know who Billy Ray Cyrus is, <laughs> he had this very popular hit that started the line dance craze, or at least continued the, it, called Achy Breaky Heart in the mid 90s. So. For those who think he was just a new artist that did this song with Nas X, he is not. No, he's just Miley's father. So right, or right, or right. people know him as Miley Cyrus's dad. Well, yeah. But around the same time, Blanco Brown did a song called "The Get Up." Mm-hmm. He wasn't allowed to teach the Get Up. Hmm. Now, interesting. Let's go to the barn. They taught the Get Up there, but they had a little bit more problem with Old Town Road. I think it still ended up getting played, but it took a couple weeks. So it's stuff like that. So you'll play those songs, but you won't play a Reba McIntyre song. So mm-hmm. it's it makes it hard, like for instructors, especially that like, okay, now who do I got to clear what I'm teaching to? You know, you gave me the free reins to have my class. Right. What are are you going to come in and halfway through the lesson be like, no, 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 you need to turn that off? Come on, really? 
Yeah. If you're supposed to be, have the free reign to be able to teach, like right. and like I said, we Again, have a little bit more free reign. Yeah. Again, I feel that comes down to to communication, honestly, because in our situation, you know, I can speak because I've done this for three decades. So, um, in my situation, specifically speaking to me, you guys decide if this works for you in your your situation. But at my club where I taught, we made it very clear both to the DJ. And then when the owner had the issue, like with the, I said, I said, first of all, I pointed out in a very nice way. I said, you already play non-country music here. And here are the five songs that fill. And I said, and he was always, he's like, oh, this is great. I'm like, so you're happy that those songs fill the floor. Do you want us to stop playing the Macarena and and the song for Wild Wild West? Do you want no? Because the floor is full for that, and people or love every, that. Every club that still plays the Cha Cha Slide, the Wobble, <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah, all yeah. of those, exactly. yeah, those are the newer ones, right? The right, all of those songs that right. are still played. Guess what? If those if those can get played, why can't we turn around and play more pop songs? I don't understand it. It is a balance, but I guess. For me, again, keep in mind I come from a marketing advertising background, and you have to put it in a way that makes sense to the bar owner or the bar manager. Like, right. your customers will be happy if we play this. I'm not saying you have to play like this 24-7, like the whole time we're here, but once a night or twice a night because it's a floor filler. You know, sometimes those floor fillers, they'll play more than once a night because everybody will tear out to the floor and do them. Do, yep. you, do you want your customers to be happy when they're happy? They're going to buy more alcohol or support your, your, your venue, right? But again, that ties back to the whole point is the communication, whatever the communication involves. I think that's that is actually on the instructor. If you're my goal, let's put it this way. My goal as an instructor, whether I'm at a bar or a senior center or um, a local Tuesday night class somewhere is to keep the customers happy. It's not about me. It's not about what I want. But keeping the customers happy means I have to relate to them i have to know what what are these people going to like so if i go somewhere let's i'll just i'll fall back on the most recent uh, little mini workshop i did so i was just in uh connecticut a few weeks ago and sarah brito who who hired me mm-hmm. she wanted me to teach her beginner class but it's at a school and they were having some other functions so we couldn't do the that at the school so what she said and said was come to my normal venue where i usually have you do your workshops and this time rather than just teaching dances teach them musicality I really want them to, to do like learn how to hear music and know when to start. Where do you count in and how do you get on the beat if you start in the middle of the dance or you get off beat, blah, blah. And it honestly was like the first musicality class I've ever taught anywhere. She knew her crowd, right? I'm thinking, is anybody going to show up? Do people really want to learn this? Right. Like I was prepared to have like, you know, four people there. There were 40 some people there, right? And they were all on the floor, invested in the lesson, asking questions, doing the little exercises I gave them. It was fantastic, Kelly. I would, I'm like, I should just do this because it was so great. My point is, though, the communication was there between her and me and her. she knew her class. She knew her students right. would, would really want this information. Translate that into whatever venue, when, whatever venue you want, whether it's a club or your, your Tuesday night session at the American Legion or in a school or whatever – Know, be, how should I say this? Be in touch with what your students need, not what you think they need, right? And especially if you're, like, say, at a club, at a bar. Know what the the paying customers need to be happy to be there because that's going to translate into better revenue for the bar itself or the venue. You know what I I find hysterically funny these days, and there's some people out there that right now country swing and bar bar stuff is very popular. Mm -hmm. It's back popular. But the word bar... Bar dancing needs to be adjusted, I think, because it's not the same as it was back in the 90s. It's funny because you'll see people like, we just want make country dancing great again, or mm-hmm. we want to see country music, country dancing and country music, but yet that same person will go out and teach to Brood Dude or Off the Chain. Right. It's, it just cracks me <laughs> up on that. And that brings up to my point. Like, so you see a bunch of country bar and, and they have hold these competitions and they're like, yeah, we're promoting country dancing. But yet in the, the video they post is of a bar competition where they're dancing to off the chain. Mm. But yet you turn around and someone says, Oh yeah, well your dancing is not country. We can't really use you. Wait a minute. My dancing is the same thing as what this is just getting used. Right. So how's it supposed to keep it going like that? And it, it makes it people confused. Cause all of a sudden they're like, wait a minute, if this is, what we're supposed to be here to do, like if you're promoting, and this is, I think, bringing back well, how well an instructor does it, 
the bar, the DJ, everything. If you are promoting your class and it says line dancing, no other words, line dancing, mm-hmm. kind of brings it open. The problem is, and I think this, everyone's like, well, you know, you're just you're, – you're, you're country line dancing. They hear that word country. Right. And it kind of throws people for a loop. So I, I don't understand right now the fad and calling everything country. It cracks me up because for years, you know what, we've been – for the last 20 years, everyone's been fighting to get rid of the word country. <laughs> and then all of a sudden <laughs> it is supposed that. to be a big thing again. Right. But yet none of the stuff that you're promoting it's, is country. Right. Well, and, and, and there's, there's several aspects to that. Um, Modern country music does not sound anything like the country music that I'm familiar with from no. the last few decades, right? And it doesn't make it bad or wrong or anything. No. It's just there's a lot of honestly rap influence if you want to if you want to hip hop, right? Yeah, hip-hop, no, yeah rap. exactly. You know, you've got people. You, you don't see Travis Tritt releasing new albums, right? right. <laughs> but you have people what I what I call talk singing. Yeah, they're not actually singing. It's more like rapping because they're just they're just spitting out the words like. Mm-hmm. And you went to the that to me is rapping. That's not singing if they're not actually using their vocal to, to right. sing right so you have that aspect of it and i'm not saying it's good or bad or right or wrong it's just the way music is now and touching on what you said everything goes in in cycles everything goes in waves everything goes in fads so i'm looking at kids walking around today the younger kids and the clothes they're wearing i'm like oh my god we wore all that stuff in the in the early 80s yeah and bell bottoms they, can go right back where they're, i don't why they're back why 70s fr- and 80s, i saw right? fr- I'm like the no take the paint. fringe yeah. take Take the fringe back. It's not 70s, no. yeah, 70s and 80s though. It's the they're kind of mashed together right now. And I'm going, we wore that when I was a kid. And another thing, it's like the hippest, coolest thing ever. So everything goes in cycles and phases, including music. Music right now, to me, you know, I'm sorry if you like modern music. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but a lot of it just sounds very samey, samey to me. I turn on the radio and I go, oh, I go, oh wait, no, that's no. not the song I thought it was. Because right. the goal is to sell. Right for and sorry we're getting off a tangent on this, but the goal is to make money. Whatever it is, whatever business, music is the same way. So if this particular trend is is right. is going viral, that's all songs are going to sound like that. It doesn't mean they're great songs. It just means that's what's selling. So so, so that relates to the music you hear like at clubs and stuff, right? Um, if Rude Dude is a popular song and it's going viral, then they're going to want to play it because the floor will be packed. The sad thing is, it's not a new song, right? The song is not a new song at all. Right. It's an old song. For those who think that song that's used for Rude Dude is a new song, you need to go back and watch a little dance, a little movie called You Got Served yeah. back <laughs> from the early 2000s. That song is old, guys. Yeah. But in these, in this time, that's how something can literally go viral. You can take anything. Uh, for example, uh, Kate Bush had a song that was used in Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. I've never seen Stranger Things. I've heard about Neither it. Have I. I very, very rarely have time to watch TV. So Stranger Things is huge, I guess. And Running Up That Hill, which was a, a hit for Kate Bush in the early 80s, long time ago, became number one for her, you know, how many years ago? This is what, like 40 years later or something? Yeah. It's crazy. Um, but that's, that's you know, again, we're getting a little off topic here. But, but actually you're not because it's the new generation. <laughs> right. It's true. So my question is, and this brings up back to the whole teaching and information, do you think that, and as we trying to close out to keep this close to an hour, <laughs> I don't know if I should do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Do you think that's because of a lot of instructors that are on social media and are trying to do this teaching are not been dancing for, for long themselves? So mm. they are brand new dancers yeah. that are trying to become instant and overnight instructors. Right. Because so they don't really know better. Because if you look at a lot of the the the, the younger instructors, having a 20, 20, 21 year old now teaching, it's not like they've been deta- a lot of them haven't been doing line dance since they were t- right. eleven, like like back in the eighties. They've been dancing for a year since they've been able to go to a club. Right. Um, and I can, I think I can directly speak to that because that's how I started. Right. I was in my twenties. Having never been exposed to it before. I mean, my parents liked Charlie Pride. I mean, they liked old. Yep. Mm-hmm. Back then, that was old country, right? Correct. And I actually kind of I liked that stuff, but I wasn't hip to, or let's put it this way. I didn't care for what I thought was the current country music scene at that time in my 20s. I, was, I grew up in the 80s, right? So I liked what was on pop radio. That was more my thing. Right. So I was literally dragged to the country bar because this girl wanted to go, and she didn't want to go by herself. But... 
what got me was, and of course this was back in the 90s, so they were doing remixes of the country songs. Danceable yep. remixes, mm-hmm. right? So they'd take a song that was already kind of good, like I Like It, I Love It by Tim McGraw, but put it to a pounding, you know, boom, boom, and you'd be like, oh, cool, you'd want to get out on the floor to dance to it. Um, so it appeared, I forgot where we're going with this conversation, I lost my train of thought already. Younger Which generation is, music. Right? So nowadays you have there's a variety of influences, just like back then. So we we went. I went into it with my '80s music background, remixes I loved. Right in the '80s, remixes were popular. In case you weren't alive then, they did remixes to everything. So everything had a dance was put to it. Even yep. if it was a slow like it's still it's still thing. like that these days. Yeah. You can go again. There's a, a remix or a remake of every almost every song. Right, but that's gonna fly in a club. Right, because it's got that thumpy beat. People can move to it. You're going to hear it. Right. So whatever the music is, whether it's country or a pop-inflected thing, but honestly, I know where I was going with this. Today's country music, to me, does not sound country. Most of it. There's some that does. Let's say like Casey Musgraves or some of the new guys coming out. The Tilly, What's the Tilly Cant guy's name? Uh, Cody Johnson. Cody Johnson. Thank you. Yep. That, to me, is more of what a true country song should sound like. But you have the ones that are more rap-inflected, that are more pop-inflected, if you will, yep. because that's what's selling, right? So as an instructor, no matter what you're doing, you have to understand that's probably what's going to get played to fill the floor if you're in a club, especially if you're in a club, in a bar, whatever the, whatever the situation is. And I've seen this when I travel. I was just in Texas a little while ago, went to um, – so shoot, I can't think of what it's called. It's not coming to me, but Dallas. Went there and – they played things like, what did we dance that night? Of course, we did Chill Factor, which isn't a country song, by the way, in case you didn't know that, <laughs> but was done at a what's billed as a country bar. Um, but they also played like the modern country songs and the people that danced there. So it was really, uh, sorry, I'm going off on a tangent, but it was really interesting to me to be there because you had the people that came for the lesson, mm-hmm. right? There were about four. Now, there were way more people in the bar, in the club, but there were about four who went out and took the, you know, at first, and then a few more people went out. But it was not a huge number of people who jumped on the floor for the lesson. Whether that was because of the instructor or the material or just the nature of the bar, I don't know, right? Because I don't go there all the time. Well, you're in, you're in Texas, and from my time living in Texas, the one thing I noticed— They don't line dance They do not line dance. Right. But here's that's, the thing. That's the thing. They you do— know, when they put on church clap, the whole fl- whole floor filled up with people doing church clap. Actually, the guy taught church clap. That was that's what happened there. But people ran out to do it because that song is like it's got the energy, it's got the craziness to it. That it's it, it, and people gathered around the floor to watch the ones who didn't know it. So the point there too is that you have it was really interesting to watch. You had the um, Juan and I were there Juan Gonzalez who competes on the USLDCC circuit and I forget which dance we did I don't remember if we did Mississippi Countdown we did something and people literally flocked around the floor to watch because it was just the two of us basically three there was another person doing it I think whatever it was um, so you have the people that come to the bar who want to learn mm-hmm. but you have the people who just come to be entertained correct whether it's drinking socializing with their friends or watching the people who are on the dance floor dancing right your job and and you know, I don't want us to, to <laughs> – I'm going to avoid saying what happened. Um, or should I just say it? It's controversial conversations. The person who taught that night taught Imelda's way, okay, which I love and which I ran out to do. And when I ran out to do it, people watching me were like, oh, my God, you're so great because they don't know me from anybody. I don't go there. They didn't know who I was. It, it's not important. But no, no. I put – you know, I danced it. We had fun with it. But here's the thing. The instructor wasn't necessarily what I would call um, super engaging. So getting the entire crowd involved, does, that, does this make sense? If you're at a, at a venue like that, you have to get everybody involved. One of my goals as an instructor when I go to a club, wherever it is, is to get the people sitting in their chairs, drinking, talking, to pay attention to what's happening on the dance floor. Even if just for a second, right? So I'll be like, hey, you know, I'll somehow incorporate them into the lesson so that they feel involved that makes the whole club engaged and involved oh god you have this look on your face i i, I do <laughs> i i extremely do and then this one this are, were you in a country bar yes my first thing and this is being me i would why why nothing against the dance nothing <laughs> against the dance right because it's so popular i think that's why it was taught again 
It's popular on the circuit scene. Right. It is done to a song that the name of the song after it says the word Latin mix. Right. If it matters, it was a gay bar. <laughs> Regardless. <laughs> Regardless. So they'll dance to anything. I but, get it. We dance to anything at, at right, country bars right. now. Come on. Look at look right. at some of the dances but, that get taught. But again, this is where – and I think this is a big thing when instructors don't know it. Yeah. You know, I have this problem with the bar and when they teach a lot of nightclubs and waltzes. You're in a bar, bar. atmosphere. Right. I get that you still want to do it, but you're going to get three slow songs it's, a night and people are going to be rubbing butt buckles. Exactly. It's not appropriate for that. Correct. Right. Yep. But know, know, know your venue, know your crowd, yes, know what exactly. you should be teaching. The bigger part of that, though, was that um, this particular instructor missed an eight count. Uh, okay, then there's and that. So I'm standing on the sidelines going to my friends. Should I go tell him? Should I tell him he forgot? He missed a whole eight count because I'm like, something's not right. I'm like, oh, you left out a whole eight counts. Right. So that completely ties back to the beginning. Like, no, right. Your no, teaching. No, no, know your teaching, yourself. know your crowd, know your yeah. bar, know yeah. your everything. Yeah. I, and they I, said, I'm sorry, yeah. that just doesn't, that <laughs> it dry. Don't ever, like, unless you get requested to come in to do an early lesson before all the rest of the lesson starts like 20 minutes, 30 minutes before and they're going to let you open the bar to do a, a special lesson or if it's at a workshop that's at that place. There should be no reason why slow dances are getting taught mm. in a bar atmosphere. Yep. The instructors should know better. The bar, and you can't blame this on the bar. Well, they don't want to know. This is like, yeah. Brandon Zahorsky hit this nail on the head. You know, when he we had him on our two and a half hour long show, you know, you have you should have 20 minutes. A lot of people take 30 for lesson, which I think is too much in a bar. 20 minutes. Boom. Done. Done. You know, you got to be you got to be five max. Right. You got to learn to teach quicker. You got to keep them engaged because you're not just teaching. You have a bar yes. around you that is not there to listen to you talk. Correct. And part of that, though, is knowing what dance you can do in 25 where they can actually get it. In yes. 25 minutes. They will That's you can a, teach it. They will be able to do it to music, but they will also get it. They'll learn it. Not just you can just present it, but they'll right. actually learn it in that amount of time. Right. And that's the that, and that's the big thing. It's it's like know what you're teaching. If you're at an event that plays a whole different rules, you have a 50, 50 to fifty five minutes to get done. Yep. Um, if you can't teach it in fifty to fifty five minutes, don't teach it. And your comeback is I know everyone's comeback is like we have an hour. No, the next class starts on the hour. That means. Give people that five to ten minutes right. to go out, and get also, a drink, and get to the next class. Yeah, I'm glad you said that, Kelly, because it's not just a matter of teaching it. It's a matter of the students being able to dance it, yes. not just once, at least twice in that time frame. Three is ideal because the first time people are going to mess up. They're going to stumble through it. They're going to forget yes. parts. The second time, they're going to just start to get comfortable. The third time, it's really going to start to sink in. So, you know, having having said all what we've said already, part of um, being a good instructor is knowing the value of repetition, which yep. is why I said in the beginning, when I do say the name of the dance or the choreographer or whatever it is, I repeat it and I have them repeat it back to me. The same thing goes for the actual step patterns, the actual dance itself. They've got to be able to not – because. Teaching it is not enough. They have to be able to dance it physically to the song and try to relate it to that music, right? And that right. takes a few times through. As I always say when I teach my, my, my um, technique classes and stuff, I always say, the first time you, you, you learn this dance, you're not paying any attention to the music. You're focused on your feet and your step patterns. The right. second time, it's getting a little more comfortable, but most of you still aren't paying any attention to the song. By the third time, you're starting to feel like how it matches the groove, what the person's singing, and it becomes more ingrained in your body. So that's part of it as well, knowing how to pace your class so that you have enough time to get them to actually do the dance and, and get it to yeah, I was see, I, their bodies. I taught Fred Whitehouse's doing this at Boston, and I taught it at Fort Wayne as well, but especially at Boston, I told the people, and I prefaced this at the beginning of the class, I'm going to teach this dance quicker than what you're probably predicting me to teach. It's an intermediate dance, borderline advanced. There's some turns in it. And I told them this because the music is very it's, – it's very eclectic on how Luke Combs did it. Uh, it's a song doing this by Luke Combs. Mm -hmm. And I wanted them to be able to dance the two to three times. No, I wanted them to be able to dance it five to six times. That way they can really – because that dance, you really have to know how the music goes right. to be able to hear – how it speeds up and slows down. So I will then adjust my teaching style, teach the steps a little bit quicker than normal. People were like, can you slow it down? And I'm like, no. and I actually tell them no. 
And I tell them, I go, what part is tricking you? And then I'll break down that part, just that part, and tell, sh- play that in the music for they can hear it. Right. Because stuff like that I feel is more important because I'm a big believer in you you got to enjoy the music. You got to you got to like the music in order to enjoy the dance. The steps are just an addition. Right. But part of what you brought up Kelly is a really good point too as an instructor, you need to know when to speed up and when to slow down. Right. You need to know which parts need more emphasis or more repetition and which parts don't. So, um and this has happened to me many times over the course of my career where I think, "Oh, this is the easy section. They're all going to just fly right through this, and this is the part that's going to be hard and we're going to have to spend more time on." And sometimes it's exactly the opposite. The part that I think was easy, they need more time with. So then you're like, okay, how can I explain this in a different way? Or how can we, you know, break this down a little bit differently so they can get it? And then the part you thought was going to be hard, they're like, oh, we got that part. So you're like, you, ha- you right. have to be flexible. You have to know. But again, a part, a lot of that has to do with being aware of your, your class and, and how are they learning and what information do they need to know? Again, this all goes back to communication and information. So, it's not enough for you to just present the dance if you're an instructor. You have to present it in a way that makes sense to people, where it's it's resonating with them, where they where they get it. And you have to be you have to be aware of when they're not getting it and how to fix that, how to remedy it, right? Do you teach that part in a different way? Do you put the song on so they can relate to the music and it now you're like, "Oh, now like for me it doesn't click till I hear the song," right? So that's a, that has a lot to do with being a well-rounded, really well-trained instructor. And knowing how to present the material. The goal is to get the people to, you know, by the end of the class, it's not you've taught them the dance. It's that they get it, right? Their feet, their bodies, their their arms, their heads, they, it makes sense to them. And, they, and they're actually enjoying it. That's the goal to me. Absolutely. Well, uh, instructors out there, if you have any feedback on this, please, please contact John or I. We'll gladly talk to you about it. We'll gladly do another episode on this topic. And we're always looking for people to bring on as guests Absolutely. to do stuff like that we had brandon when um i did the honky tonk highway i did a hundred plus episodes and i had guests on almost every one of them um where we did live right on it and we had these talks live right on air where people can ask questions so um thank you for uh, listening to another great episode hopefully you guys enjoy this we're gonna continue we got many more to come but uh for now i'm kelly cavallero and i'm john robinson also known as mr showcase and until next time see ya 